G. Amen. Is anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord? I don't know. I would think that today this would be the loudest section in the church, but it's not. Is anybody excited to be in the house of God? We want to welcome you to Citywide Church. My name is uh, Pastor Lewis, and I'm believing that God has a word for you. We've just come out of our uh, end time series about what the end times will look like, and right now you caught us in a season where we're not in a series, but we're just preaching the relevant word that's on our hearts, and we have our baptism today. So I want to give a word of encouragement to the people getting baptized, amen? And uh, hopefully in the process that you will be blessed with it. Would you just bow your heads as we're going to pray and then we're going to read the word and we're going to get into everything God has for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are, somebody say, a good God. And we ask you now that you have your way in this service. Come on, as a congregation, let's say, Lord, we welcome your word into our hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Come on, high five three people around you. Tell them, it's Baptism Sunday. Come on, lives are being transformed. You should be excited for whoever you're here to support. Praise God. Praise God. Last week, I opened up telling you all types of crazy roller coaster stories. And I want to let you know I'm all roller coastered out. I got no more stories for you. But I do have a question for you. And on, on one hand, it's a serious question. And, and before I ask the question, let me just make a statement that over the course of our lives and our walk with the Lord, especially to all you getting baptized today, you're going to experience, and the whole church said, ups and downs. You're going to experience highs and you're going to experience lows. And the, the, the thing about faith is that you are able to serve God in the midst of the highs and in the midst of the lows. And so last week I preached a freestanding sermon, meaning it wasn't part of a series called Faith Over Fear, and I was so moved by it this week in my spirit, I decided I'm going to preach again about choosing faith over fear in my life. Now, I don't know about you, but there's been times and seasons in my life where fear in and of itself has tried to run and ruin my life and get me to operate my life based on fear. But in those seasons where you notice and recognize actively that fear is trying to take over, it is probably because you are on the road of faith in Jesus' name. You are in a place where God is trying to do something spectacular in your life. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that sometimes you don't always think where God is taking you is good based on what you see around you. Sometimes you have to drive through some some backward passages in order to get to some nice locations. One thing I hate, if anybody here is from the west side of Bridgeport, Amen. And my West Side of Bridgeport people here? The devil lives on Railroad Avenue. And he inhabits the stoplights. Because the longest stoplight, traffic light in Bridgeport, is at the corner of Howard Avenue 
and Railroad Avenue. And it is the devil. One Sunday we left church and there was another sister in front of me, or behind me rather, and I took and I just ran the light and I broke the law. I did. I was a sinner. God forgave me. So should you. And, 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 and she went behind me. Matter of fact, I think I was behind her and somebody else was in front of her. They ran the red light and then she went and I was there to watch the whole thing unfold and she got pulled over. And sometimes you want to rush through places where you should stop and adhere because there's safety in stopping sometimes. It's just like sometimes where you're trying to get in life has to go through some tough areas. And it's not that God sends these tough things or bad things in your life. God doesn't do that. Every good and perfect thing comes from up above. That's not what it is. What it is is God understands that we live in a fallen world where sinful people don't care about God's will. And so we get hurt by other people who are not in God's will. And sometimes we hurt people when we're not in God's will. And so hence, God hijacks those bad scenarios, Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together for the good of those that love him according to the power that work within them. So you know that even when a bad situation happens, God says, don't worry. Through this, I'll use it to teach you a lesson. So if you go to school and you don't study and you fail a test, that's not God's fault. God, why'd you make me fail this test? That's foolishness. You didn't study. But the lesson you can learn is to be prepared. I want to talk to you today about two individuals in Scripture who were on a road of faith. They were on the road of faith. And my scripture text today comes from Mark, the fifth chapter. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and I'm beginning in verse 21, and it's Mark chapter 5, verse 21. It's a chunk of scripture. We'll read it together. You can follow along on the screens if you like. And it says, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was besides the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of, and the church said, death. Come lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he, talking about Jesus, went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better but grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch his garments, I will be made whole. That's her statement of faith. If I touch his garment, his cloak, I will be made well. Verse 29. And immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear, trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, so go in peace and be healed of your disease. 
And while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. I want you to tell somebody next to you, do not fear, only believe. Jesus says it emphatically in the original Greek, do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one except Peter, James, and John, the brother of of James, rather, to follow him. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion of people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with them and went in where the child was and taking her by the hand. He said, Talita kume, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up, for she was 12 years of age. And they were all overcome with amazement, and they were overcome with great joy. Jesus has just come off the boat. He is fresh off the boat. And what's transpired prior to this is that Jesus was in a storm with his disciples and he was sleeping on the boat. And the scripture would tell us that Jesus calmed the storm with his very commands of his voice, his mouth, his words. This is the Jesus that is walking off this boat. And here comes these two individuals, Jairus, who has a dying daughter, and this woman who has an issue of blood. And the Bible says that Jairus would come, and he would lay himself at the feet of Jesus, and he would cry out to him, and he would say, Rabbi, teacher, healer, great man of God, would you come and lay your hands on my daughter that she might be healed and that she might live? This is Jairus's, somebody say, statement of faith. He knew that his daughter was at the point of death, but yet rather than saying she will die, he says, if you come, she will not die. He makes a declaration of faith in himself saying that I understand that you have the authority and you have the power and you have within you the ability to heal my daughter. And so in faith, Jairus traveled to where Jesus was and he said to him, come to my house for I know if you do, my whole life would change. Much like some of us might say, Lord, come into my life, my body, my house. For if you do, I know that everything would change. And Jesus, of course, being the gracious Jesus that he is, he says, of course, I will come to your house. And in the process, here comes this woman. And I love what the scripture says. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard that he was a demon-casting man of God. She had heard that he was the proposed Messiah, the long-awaited king of the Jews. She had heard that at the sound of his name, demons fleed, that at the mention of his voice, storms ceased. She had heard that this very Jesus would heal the dead boy, that he would make the open eyes of the blind come to. He would loosen the tongue of the mute. He would open the ears of the deaf. She heard about this Jesus, and she said, this Jesus, I have got to get near because if he can do that for them with his word all I have to do is touch his
his robe and I would be made whole. This Jesus. On, on one side, they had to overcome the fear that she was unclean ceremonially. She was not supposed to be out in public because she had a discharge. She was bleeding in her privates for 12 long years, the Bible says, and she had suffered at the hands of many physicians and she had spent all that she had, the Bible tells us. Spent all she had and suffered much. She was ostracized. She was a castaway. She was, nobody wanted her. If she had a family, she couldn't even cook for them. Because she was unclean. If she had a daughter or a son, she couldn't even clean for them. She couldn't even touch anything in the household. Because according to the old Mosaic law, anyone who bled, they would have to be rendered unclean until they stopped for seven days. So for 12 years, this woman has lived as a person suffering. And on one side, she has a fear that she's going to spend the rest of her life like this, in this hurting and broken. Oh, I wish I had an honest person that sometimes the hurt and the pain was so hard and so real and so serious and you were so hurt and you were so down and you were so broken that at some point the enemy whispered into your life, you are never going to get out of this situation. You are never going to get past this depression. You will never move past losing your mother, your father, your grandparent. You will never get past losing a child. You will never get past these things. And he tries to hijack your life. And as J. Iris was traveling, oh, I'm a father of two little girls. And, and the Bible says in Luke that this was his only daughter. And I can imagine on the road of faith, he's saying to himself, if, if I don't get over there, my little girl's going to die. My precious daughter, she's, she's the apple of my eye. If I don't get Jesus to come to her, then she's not going to make it. And so he had to overcome the fear of losing his daughter by activating the faith of believing in the great Jesus he had heard of. Here's my first point to you today. Faith and fear are often both born in the womb of crisis. You will give birth to either faith or fear in the midst of tough situations. Have you ever realized that at the same time you have an opportunity to have great faith is the same time Satan would attack you with great fear? That at the same time, God is trying to move you into great places of faith where you believe him and he works in your life. That Satan is trying to hold you back where you were at in great fear. And fear would render itself and manifest itself in anxiety, in depression, in stress, in worry. That's fear. Fear, by definition, and what we're talking about is fear of the unknown, not knowing what lies ahead. Faith says, I don't care what lies ahead. I know God holds my future. Fear would tell you, you don't know what's going to happen, but faith tells you, I know what already happened 2,000 years ago. And so because of what happened at the hill called Golgotha, I know that anything that I would face, he's already prepared it for me. For Ephesians chapter 1 would tell you that he's prepared you for what you need. He's given you all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Faith and fear are born from the same crisis. It's just a matter of which one you're going to push out. 
which one you're going to let live in your life and which one you're going to let be birthed in you. And at this point in this juncture, both Jairus and both the woman, they have chosen a road of faith. And this woman begins to push her way through this crowd. And and in theory, if she touched anyone, they became unclean. In theory, according to the Mosaic law of the Jewish nation, if an unclean person touched anything that was clean, it was then rendered unclean. But yet she comes behind the holy, righteous, perfect son of the living God. And she touches him, and she doesn't become unclean, and neither does he. Because the great power that is Jesus is that he makes unclean things clean. He takes the sinner, and he gives them hope and righteousness inside of him. And it's not because of what you've done. It's simply because God gave you a gift. And so she touches this Jesus, and he, or rather she, is instantly healed. And Jesus, he stops, and, and he, he says, who touched me? Now, the Bible says there was a great crowd around him, probably numbering in the hundreds or maybe even thousands. We don't know, but the Bible says there was a great crowd. Wherever Jesus went, crowds gathered and oftentimes, oftentimes you have to understand these crowds would press upon Jesus just trying to touch him, just trying to get near him. And I remember when I first became a pastor, the Lord had given me the preaching, touching Christ with purpose, meaning everybody was touching Christ in the area, but only one person touched him with purpose. Only one person was able to touch him and be healed. Only one person. Jesus felt the power. One version says the virtue removed from him. He felt the power go out. And he says, who touched me? Who touched me? At this point, you have to understand that J. Iris might feel like, who cares who touched you? My daughter is dying. Jesus is about to have a full-fledged conversation with this woman while J. Iris' daughter is dying. Jairus was facing this crisis of his daughter's sickness. And he had come to Christ choosing to be in faith that he would heal his daughter. And now Jesus is having a side conversation with this rude woman who did not wait in line and she pushed through the crowd. And she shouldn't have even, some of you would have been like, you shouldn't even got healed, you're unclean. Why are you here? And Jairus must be standing there saying to himself, oh, what's going on here? Jesus, we got to go. I don't have much time. Remember at the boat I said to you, she's about to die? I don't have much time to sit here and conversate. You're healed. Praise God. You know, you know just move on. Praise God. But, but listen to what Jesus says to the woman. He, he says that, well, first of all, the Bible says that she touched him and instantly her bleeding stopped. Instantly the flow, somebody say the flow, of blood stopped. Instantly the Bible says. I understand that even this healing of this random woman at this point is a major inconvenience to the story of Jairus. And Jesus says to her in verse 34 something powerful. He says to her, he says to her, daughter, 
your faith has healed you. Now, it's powerful that her faith healed her. But what's more powerful is Jesus addresses her as daughter. Almost as if saying, Jairus, let me heal my daughter. And and I'm going to come. Jesus came for the lost, the hurting, the broken, the outcast. He said, the sick don't need a doctor. He said, the, the, the healthy don't need a doctor. I came for the sick. He said, I came for the lost sheep of Israel, the ones everyone rejected and nobody wanted. And he said, he said, he said, Jairus, in a sense, he didn't say this verbally. He's saying, this is my daughter. I'm still going to heal your daughter. If you would let me just heal my daughter, we're going to get to your daughter. I already, I'm coming. Where I'm the road of, that's right, faith. Where I'm the road of faith already, you don't have to worry, Jairus. But, but, but as you notice is that, that this situation of a healing comes in the very bad timing for Jairus. And, and I don't know if he really cared about this woman's healing. And the Bible says that while Jesus is still talking, the messengers came from his house and said, Jairus, your daughter has died. There's no point bothering Jesus anymore. If I, if I had the time to preach about every dead dream that people stop praying for, if I had time to preach about every person you've given up on because you think they're beyond God's saving grace. If I have time to preach today about every person that we've let fall to the wayside of salvation because we don't want to do the work of praying for the lost and really laying out ourselves and saying we believe God. If you have all these dead and broken dreams inside of you, not realizing that my second point, that on the road of faith, you will encounter the messengers of fear. I'm the road of faith. It is when you often encounter messages of fear. Don't, the first thing Jesus said to him was, don't be afraid. Jairus, I know this looks hopeless. I know your life looks like it's gone to utter chaos. I know your world seems as if it is falling apart because you heard that something has died. I know that when dreams die, it hurts. I know that when things go wrong in life, it hurts. But the word of the Lord to those who are broken and hurting, he says, do not be afraid. Only believe. Only believe. His word is not that you should be afraid, it's that you only believe. Understand that at the same time fear was trying to speak because it was trying to creep up in him. So is why Jesus said, do not be afraid. The same time the messenger is speaking, the Bible says Jesus was still talking to the woman and Jesus is an eavesdropper. The Bible says Jesus overheard. He's an eavesdropper. Doesn't mean you can do it. He's Jesus. He's God. And he's talking, oh, daughter, your faith has made you. Excuse me. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Let me handle this. I'm going to get to that. Let me handle what Jairus, we're going to be good. Do not be afraid. Only have faith. 
only have. You will often encounter fear in the road of great faith. It was on the road of Exodus that the Bible says the people of Israel would encounter the Red Sea in front of them and the armies of Pharaoh behind them. On the road of faith, following God's command was where they found they were faced with death and they were faced with nothing good. But it was their faith that opened up the Red Sea. It was, when, it was when Joshua crossed the Jordan in faith and he approached Jericho that he was confronted with this city with great walls. It was then on the road of faith, church. It was on the road of faith that you understand that Paul and Silas encountered prison. It was the road of faith where Joseph would encounter slavery. It's the road of faith where the devil tries to take you out. You have to understand that when you walk in the will and the purposes of God, you become a target. You become something the enemy is fearful of. And so Jairus is receiving these words of fear. It is on the road of faith that messengers of Satan will come to discourage you, to torment you, to lie to you about the future God has planned for you. He will keep you up at night. He will make you worry to the wee hours of the morning. He will make you cry when no one's even hurting you. He will make you run when no one's chasing you. He will make you paranoid when nothing's bothering you. He will make you not be able to breathe when nobody's holding you. That's fear. And if you've never faced anxiety, worry, or fear, you can't relate. Maybe this ain't for you. If you got that perfect spiritual life where you're always walking with angels and everywhere you walk, angels whistle, this ain't for you. But if you've ever faced something real, something serious, something hard, where you had to choose to follow God and it wasn't easy, where you had to say, God, I'm going to choose your way. God, I'm going to go out in your way. You will often encounter the messengers of fear on the road of faith. But here's my third point, my favorite one. Nothing is final when faith is flowing. There is nothing final when faith is flowing. And so Jesus says to Jairus, he says to him, he says, don't worry, don't worry. Let me handle my daughter. Don't worry. He says, don't worry, for if you just believe, you see, sometimes we think we have to do something more. Sometimes you think that you have to make this thing happen, but what the word of the Lord says is all you have to do is believe. And you may say to yourself, it just cannot be that simple. It cannot be as simple as someone saying, just believe. Just believe and it's all going to be all right. That just seems so superficial. That just seems like way too easy. That just, pastor, that cannot be it. But Jesus says this, don't, don't fear, only believe. In, in other words, he's saying, he's saying, Jairus, I need you to continue on the road you are on. We're on the way to your house. Don't be discouraged. Could you look to somebody next to you and tell them, stay on the road. 
If Jairus was about to listen to the messenger of fear, he would have never seen the resurrection of his daughter. Now is not the time to give up, Jairus, for nothing is final when faith is flowing. Now is not the time to quit, for nothing is final when your faith, somebody say, is flowing. Now is not the time to let your belief in God slip away. We're living in a perilous time, the end times. Now is not the time to let it go, for nothing is final final when faith is flowing. Now is not the time to get off the path of Christ for nothing is final when faith is flowing. I know it looks dead. I know it, it hurts a lot. I know it seems like it'll never get better. But if you only believe, if you only trust the Lord, you're walking with Jesus. You ain't got nothing to worry about, he says. And notice what Jesus does. Notice what Jesus does. He stops the whole crowd. And I'll close with this. He stops the whole crowd. He stops the whole crowd and he just took a a few people with him. Can I just take a few seconds to tell somebody, to tell somebody this. Not everybody can go with you to the place of miracle. Here's here's why. Because not everybody is going to believe that God can resurrect some things in you. And so because they don't believe of the God that's working in you and they think they have a better idea of what God should and should not do with you, they can never be able to see that God is working within you. And so because they can't see it, God says, all right, you wait here and you're just going to have to hear about what I did because you ain't got the faith to see it. And if you ain't got the faith to say it before you see it, I don't want to see you coming near me. Not everybody's going to go to your miracle. Not everybody's going to see God work out in your life. And you got to be okay with that. I got okay with that years ago. Years ago. Oh, you don't want to? That's fine. That's, that's all right. I, I know that God has a purpose. I said, fine. That, 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 that's the problem. You don't believe? I know that God has a purpose. That's it. That's it. And these people, they come. And Jesus is like, you, you, and you, come. And he says, I need you to let your faith just flow. Choose faith over fear. Choose faith over fear. Jairus, don't be afraid. I don't know who I'm t- Whatever you're facing in your life, you will gain nothing by investing in fear. Because here's what investing time in fear says. I don't believe God can. And because I don't believe God can, I'll begin to worry why God won't. And while I worry why God won't, in the end, when God does, I feel like a fool for wasting so much time. <laughs> Have you ever worried about something so much, kept you up at night, wrecked your life, only for one day for God to come in and resolve it? And then you sat there like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. And then you sat there like, what was that for? (laughs) Why did I even, 
God, I was an idiot for doubting you. And then the following year, something else happens, and you slip right back into fear. And then God works it out. He's like, man, what was that for? I should have known that God was going to work it out. Man, what, what was that for? And then the next year comes, and, and, then, and then another big situation hits your life. And it seems like every year we got that one big situation. And then God works it out, and you're like, why did I fear? And God's trying to tell you today that you, Matthew 6, don't invest into worry. Life application. Don't invest into worry. Don't invest into anxiety. Don't invest into lack of faith. Because Jesus is going to work it out for you. Let me, let me preach to the baptism today. Don't fear only, I'm gonna, I want you to say it like you mean it. I'm going to have them hold you guys extra under the water. It's don't fear only. You see, I named, I named this, this sermon. I was sitting in my office. I was sitting in my office, and I just felt the Holy Spirit really over and over. He was telling me, just you got to let faith, somebody say flow. I'm going to stay with you. Let faith. You have to choose to continue in the path you are. Continue flowing in the same path that you are in. Because when you are in the path of faith, fear would try to knock you out. Have you ever, have you ever gone riding with the little go-karts and there's always somebody who wants to come on the side of you and try and get ahead of you. And they're trying to bump you out the way when you're not supposed to bump people in go-karts. You're not supposed to. It's against the rules. All you're trying to do is flow. And I was sitting in my office. I'm telling you, me and God have a lot of fun. I'm just like, man, Lord, you just really want our faith to flow. He was like, yeah. And I thought about something. Let it flow. Let it flow. Don't let fear hold you back anymore. Let it flow. Let it flow. Go ahead and slam the door. That's right. Because I don't care what the world may say. Let the storm rage on. Come on, fear don't bother me. Fear doesn't bother me. And everybody, let it flow. Let it flow. Don't let fear hold you back anymore. Come on, let it flow. Let your faith flow. You got to trust God. Here's the important part. Here's the most important part. Here's the absolutely most important part. The woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. The girl was 12 years old. For as long as the girl was alive, the woman suffered. On one hand, on one side, understand this, on one side, one needed the flow to stop. Jairus needed the flow to restart. And some of you are asking God to stop some stuff 
And some of you are asking God to restart some stuff. And God says, you got to stay in the flow of faith. You got to stay in the flow of trusting God. You got to stay believing God. You can't keep letting fear knock you around. You can't let the devil take you in and take you out. You can't let Satan have his way in your life. You got to trust him. You got to believe him. You got to say, I'm trusting God. Would you celebrate right now? He's going to do it in you. He's going to do it in your life. That's the God you serve. That's the God you serve. Can I, can I go a little deeper before we baptize some people? Keep it down, band. There's a picture of the law and grace. You see, the Old Testament, animal sacrifices persisted as long as there was sin because they had to, they had to kill animals, the Bible says, in order to, to, to pay for the price of sins. The woman had a nonstop flow of blood. Just like the altar of sacrifice. But when the law touches Jesus and he fulfills it, he stops it. But he goes to the girl because the girl died at the time the lady was healed. Because without the law, we were dead. But grace touches the girl. Grace touches the girl and she's healed. And he resurrects you. And he sustains you. And and the Bible said that she took and she ate. She ate and she received sustenance and strength because she was 12 years old. They were interconnected today. And I don't know who I'm talking to. Your faith is starting to get some blockages in it, like a little, like a little, a devil beaver came in and made a little dam and blocked up the flow of your faith. You can't let fear get in your way. I've been a prisoner of fear before in my life, and it wasn't fun. I've been a prisoner of fear where I couldn't even walk into a dark room. I've been a prisoner of fear where over the course of three to five months in in 2012, the enemy came against me in such a way that I couldn't even go to church without feeling fearful. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't drive. I I couldn't talk. I couldn't even hold a conversation with my wife without extreme penetrating fear, anxiety. And I've been to fear, and I've been to faith, and faith is a lot better. I've been to both sides of the spectrum. And the second, the following year, or the, actually two years later, the same exact situation came again. But the, I said, this time, I'm not going to move in fear. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God. And I let my faith just flow. I went to God, and I was like, tag, you're it. Faith, I'm going to close with this. Faith does not twist God's arm. It accesses what he already had for you. Each one of you, today, you're walking in faith. Each one of you today, you're going to see God, you're seeing God rather move in your life. You're letting faith flow. And as the waters come over you, the Spirit of God is basically working in you. And this is an outward sign of what inwardly is happening. That's what God wants. 
He wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. And I don't know what you're facing, but today's your day. From the front to the back, maybe you came here just to visit today, but today is your day. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. As we just reverence the Lord today, every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, you see every person struggling and dealing with fear. You see every person, Lord God, hurting and broken. You see every person who, who, Lord, their faith is not flowing. Fear is overcoming them. Father, you see it. Let your spirit begin to move in them, Father God. Father, that you begin to break the blockages, God. Father God, that you would begin to remove the works of the enemy. Father God, that you begin to start a new work in us. God, that you would show us that you've already been working in us before you laid down the foundations of the earth. That, Lord, nothing is hidden from you. That, Lord, you are not caught off guard or caught by surprise by the circumstances that we face. But, Lord, actually, you have prepared us, you have equipped us, and you know, you know every fear, every word of the enemy spoken over our lives. Come on, if you need a touch from him today, just lift your hand wherever you're at. Lift your hand. Say, Lord, I need a fresh wind of faith to rise up in me. Lord, I want to believe you. Lord, I want to I believe your word. Lord, I want to believe your word. I'm hearing the enemy tell me that I'm no good, that I can't make it, that I can't do it, that you've not called me, that you've not purposed me. I hear the word of Satan all around me, but I want to hear the word of God who says, do not fear, only believe. Lord, show us today. Show us today, Father. You've not called us to be afraid. You've not called us to worry. You've not called us to be downtrodden. In Jesus' name. Come on with every head bowed, every eye closed across this place.